Warning, the podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. It's Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. We call attention to and call out the amateurs, the people who are doing life wrong, the speed bumps of life, the people that are in your way every day, the unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills, and are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation, it's not just a podcast, it's a movement. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Yeah, you do, and this is episode 199, No Brains, Trans, and Electric Automobiles. Fans first, shouts out to Sherry Fultz and Kim Hill of Tennessee, the grandmother and aunt, respectively, of my girlfriend Jessica, who were kind enough to put up with me and have me join them on what is normally a family vacation in Panama City, Florida, where gas is way cheaper and people have the most freedom and love of America, where we enjoyed sand, surf, and more bacon, donuts, and seafood in one week than I've had in a year. Great weather. And sights, of course, but most importantly for me is measuring my time by how much laughter I had. And we had plenty, and I really needed that, a lot. So I really appreciate the invite and the hospitality, and I hope we can do it again. Hey, would someone please tell Greg Gutfield to put me on his show and or hire me as a writer? And can you believe we're almost at 200 episodes? It looks like nobody in your family is a rank amateur. Next week will be a special one. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Hit me! Topic number one. Let's talk about a subject that no one is tired of discussing. COVID and vaccines, he said sarcastically. Okay. Having been on this planet 55 years, besides the climate change hoax and the very closely connected electric vehicle hoax, the COVID and vaccine hoax tops the list as the biggest hoax but in my opinion, is especially egregious because it's also a crime against humanity. That's what puts it at the top of the list of the three hoaxes, because it's also a crime against humanity. And not to make light of the Holocaust, but I feel when it's all said and done, the body count of COVID and vaccines, both of which were created intentionally to harm humans, will be much higher, but hidden because it will be done over a long period of time, and the method of death certainly isn't as violent, so to speak. Thusly, this hoax should be discussed every time new information comes to light, including evidence of the crime of creating the virus and the incredibly faulty and unsafe cure and hoax itself, exposing names and evidence of people complicit in these crimes, and also exposing evidence of the aftermath, problems, and results of this unconscionable act on the human race. I rarely speak with such hyperbole, but as I said, I've never seen anything like it. The idea that there are people who have no opinion and shrug their shoulders with a, well, what can you do, attitude, sickens me. Friends of mine, past and present, who act 
or have acted that way, especially those with children, are a true disappointment. It's lazy. I hate laziness almost as much as I hate being treated with condescension. And the idea that people in my life are so easily manipulated, fooled, and lied to, and worse, are okay with it, as long as they have their Starbucks and their Netflix and they have the lights on still, makes it easier and easier to distance myself from those, I'll just say it, lesser humans. I truly believe pronation is comprised of better people than those in Amateur Nation, and their lives are truly worth more. You've heard the expression, you're too stupid to live. Absolutely applies. Every day, more and more evidence comes to light. Evidence Amateur Nation chooses to ignore about the ineffectiveness and worse, the harmful and often deadly side effects to those who got the untested gene experiment. Oh, you want yet still more proof that you made the wrong, possibly fatal decision to listen to Anthony Keebler L. Fauci and the WHO and NIH and CDC amateurs? As you wish. But you won't listen. The pros listening to the show, listen, they already know this stuff. They're nodding their head in agreement or saying, yeah, I knew that a long time ago. Amateurs won't listen. Everything's a conspiracy unless you see it on TV by people paid off by China and Big Pharma. One of the most impressive voices is from RFK Jr., who mentions how the USA is only 4.2% of the world's population, yet we have 20% of the global deaths from COVID. And yet, well, you know what? Let him tell you. In our country, um, all of the things that liberals care about, which is kind of an equal distribution of wealth, were thrown, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of progress thrown out the window. There was a $3.9 trillion, trillion dollar shift in wealth from the poor and middle class in our country to the super rich. We created 500 new billionaires during the lockdowns. Um, it, it was a war on the poor and a war on children. Blacks suffered 3.6 times the death rate as whites. Um, and, you know, there's the other country, by the way, our country had the strictest adherence to all of these protocols, including the use of remdesivir, which is enormously toxic and completely, utterly inefficacious. But, you know, it was Tony Fauci's pet drug. We were the only ones that had it for a year. And we... In our country, we have 4.2% of the global population. We had about 18% of the, almost 20% of the deaths from COVID. How's that a success story? We, which we did everything we were supposed to in this country more than any other country except for Australia. And we have the highest body count of any country in the world. The, the death rate in our country was 3,000 people dead from COVID per million population. In Nigeria, which has a 1% vaccination rate and where the entire population basically is on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for malaria and river blindness, they had a death rate of 14 people per million population. So they didn't even have a pandemic. Yeah, myocarditis wasn't a common occurrence, especially in children. But all of a sudden, there are commercials targeted towards kids for that very tragic 
unnecessary condition. Listen to this spot, voiced by a very small child. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day, I had a stomachache so bad, I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen. Something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. Appalling. Now here is Dr. Peter McCullough speaking about this very thing. Dr. McCullough, some people say, well, kids drop that all the time of, of heart issues. I mean, you've been in this field for decades. You're a cardiologist. Is that true? It's not true. We have data by Avolio and colleagues from Finland. Before the COVID-19 vaccines, there were four cases per myocard- for myocarditis per million. It can happen with a parvovirus or another uh, virus. Four per million. The current estimates are now from a, a prospective cohort study from Bangkok, Chi- Thailand, 25,000 cases what? per million. 25,000 oh cases per million. Yes, Charlie, it's through the roof. Myocarditis at this point in time is due to the COVID-19 vaccines until proven otherwise. I know, amateurs. What does he know? The only doctor that counts is Dr. Fauci, a doctor very few people even knew of until the pandemic. Well, he's an asshole, that's what. Oh, no question. Amateur Nation only trusts doctors they see on the TV. Here's an article from The Defender, colon, Children's Health Defense News and Views. This article was entitled, Criminal Neglect, colon, CDC New COVID Vaccine Could Cause Myocarditis in Young Males Months Before Telling the Public. Here it is. Two months after COVID-19 vaccines were rolled out to the U.S. public, a statistically significant vaccine safety signal for myocarditis in males age 8 to 21 appeared in the Centers for Disease Control's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, also known as VAERS. But CDC officials waited another three months before alerting the public, according to a new study. The study, called Delayed Vigilance, a comment on myocarditis in association with the COVID-19 injections by Carl Jablonowski, Ph.D., and Brian Hooker, Ph.D., was published on October 17th in the International Journal of Vaccine Theory, Practice, and Research. The article continues, in an interview with the Defender, Hooker, Chief Scientific Officer for Children's Health Defense, said, This important paper shows that a strong, statistically significant vaccine adverse event signal from myocarditis in males 8 to 21 years of age was seen on the VAERS database as early as February 19, 2021, just two months after the release of the COVID-19 vaccine to the U.S. public. Instead of sounding the alarm regarding this signal, CDC officials buried the connection between COVID-19 vaccination and myocarditis until May 27, 2021. By this date, over 50% of the eligible U.S. population had received at least one mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. Withholding this type of information is criminal. I get it. You wanted to protect your kids. You trusted the CDC. But as I mentioned recently on this show, the CDC is a vaccine company, not a public health organization. They make their money in vaccines. 
not being nice and offering advice. Now here's RFK Jr. again explaining why COVID jabs would be added to the pediatric immunization schedule. They're never going to market a vaccine, allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Now the, the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PrEP Act and under the CARES Act. So as long as you take an emergency use you can't sue them. Once they get approved, now you can sue them unless they can get it recommended for children. All vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going after kids. They know this is going to kill and injure a huge number of children, but they need to do it for the liability protection. Why aren't you livid, amateurs? Your life and your children's lives are at stake. You were literally lied to and fooled. They committed not only a crime, but the largest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. And I'm in no way downplaying the Holocaust. Just because people weren't rounded up and put into trains at gunpoint doesn't make it less heinous. Why would you think they do things the same way? Why can't you wrap your head around the idea that not only does evil live and thrive, but now it's new and improved? Evil is smart, not dumb. Evil is patient, not hurried. Evil is planned, not random. Evil is well-funded. If you got your child vaccinated, get him or her checked for myocarditis. Get out in front of it. And if they're harmed, hire an attorney. Do it today. If you were scared enough about a virus that didn't kill any children, you can be scared enough to drop the hammer on a criminal organization that may have certainly harmed them intentionally and or recklessly. And by the way, if you say, well, it's not all children or people, so it's a fluke. You don't think the powers that be didn't think of that? Seriously, if it harmed everyone or killed everyone instantly or around the same time, yeah, that might raise some suspicion. Just like how everyone who got COVID was indeed affected differently due to different biological makeups. The untested gene experiment worked in the same way. I mean, for example, I've said this before, I cannot take Benadryl. That's an allergy medication. Many people have an allergic reaction to something, they take Benadryl. I cannot. I'm allergic to that. Does that mean Benadryl is bad? Of course not. It means my biology simply doesn't respond well to it. But at least I won't die from it or be stuck with a lifelong condition that will affect the quality of my life. Sidebar. I recently was on vacation, as I said, and I had uh, two flights to get to Florida, two flights coming back. All four airports, of course, I saw amateurs wearing masks, or as I call them, stupid people detectors. And I had no problem walking around the airport with my girlfriend. And as these people would walk by, I go, there's one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's one. No, I'm calling you out. I'm done. We all, Pro Nation got screamed at and fist-fighted with and assaulted and shamed and kicked off social media because they wouldn't wear the useless mask. I cannot believe that here we are at the time of this podcast, mid-November. By March, we will be three years since the pandemic started in March of 2020. And these people walking around with masks, 
do they really think, A, I'm safe now, and B, does that also mean I'm willing to go the rest of my life with the lower half of my face hidden? I I wouldn't even do this if I was like 90 years old thinking, all right, I'm lucky if I get 10 more years out. Frankly, if I lived to be 90, I'd be like, I've earned the right to take a risk, like screw it. What's going to happen? I lived to be 90. I won. They think they still think germs hit that mask and bounce right off of it like a like an animal hitting an electric fence. They don't think that germs get in and around those openings. They think that the mask is made out of the same material they make bank safes out of as opposed to being porous. They think germs travel directly in a straight line. Well, it's better than nothing. Those are the dumbest people on the planet. They are literally the dumbest people on the planet. And they were from the time they wore those masks. They were from the time when we knew they didn't work. I'll grant you the grace period of the panic that everyone felt, myself included, when the pandemic started. We all thought it was like the movie Contagion or the movie Outbreak. But after... Everyone calmed down and thought it through and cooler heads prevailed and people who had critical thinking went, hang on a second. After that, all bets are off. You're stupid. You were stupid. And are. Here's another thing I wanted to mention. Let's say you feel like you're about to catch a cold, right? You're a little stuffed up. Maybe your nose is running. You're sneezing more, coughing more. You feel a little tingle in your throat. You have that period where, uh uh-oh, I think I'm catching a cold. You don't feel your lousiest yet. Then you have the part where you are full-fledged having a cold. Head stuffed up, coughing, sneezing, chills. Pick one. Then you have the part where you feel like, hey, I think I'm turning the corner. I think I'm losing this cold. I'm past the contagious stage, right? You know, they always say to to judge what color your phlegm is. I'm sorry to be gross, but yeah, you you realize, all right, I've turned the corner back to the gym. I'm just got to finish the rest of this out, but you're not contagious to anyone anymore. Okay, the three stages of a cold. You're telling me when it comes to masks, you're still wearing it, but one day maybe you'll decide, I think I'm done. That's the day you think I officially am in no danger. And if so, what time of the day at midnight tomorrow I'm going to stop wearing my mask and then I'll be in the clear? I, I, will only, I saw people in the airport wearing it all through the airport, but then they would take it down to talk on the phone and sit at, the, at, at their gate and have something to eat before they got on the plane. They're still not understanding the complete lack of logic from that. Like, well, I can't get covid because I'm now sitting down and eating. These are the people that had no problem with wearing a mask from the front of the restaurant to their table and then taking the mask off to eat. These are the people that thought those little plastic shields at the restaurant between the tables was saving their lives. I had a restaurant that I used to love in Los Angeles in Toluca Lake, California called Hungry Crowd. Michael, if you're listening, I still love your restaurant. I talk about it all the time. I felt bad for this guy. He was an independent restaurant owner with some of the best Asian fusion food I have ever had. It was my go-to restaurant when I didn't quite know what I wanted to eat because he had a little bit of everything, right? First time I went there during the pandemic, they didn't have any 
plastic menus, the laminated menus or the paper menus, whatever he had. Nothing you could hold in your hand. You had to scan one of those barcodes and the menu would pop up on your phone. So let me get this straight, I told him. I can touch the table, the chair, my fork, the plate, the glass that I'm drinking out of. But these deadly menus are things that are killing us, right? And he goes, oh, don't even get me started. But this poor guy was trying to keep his business open, a thriving mom and pop business that was really starting to gain traction. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, way fewer people because everyone in California, especially, they were on full on shutdown. I was telling my friends, my girlfriend, my mom, there was a part where they said, we don't even want you going outside. I would go take a walk in my neighborhood, four way stop, 25 mile an hour roads, little, you know, sidewalk neighborhoods, streetlights, beautiful, safe neighborhood. I remember being on the phone talking to my mom taking a walk because no one was outside. And there were two women out taking their walks. They were masked up. They were okay standing right next to each other with masks. They were literally catty corner, diagonal to me at the street corners. I'm going north, they're going south. I could hear them say, wait, let's see what direction this guy's going. I purposely cut right across the intersection, walked diagonal towards them, and they ran across the street to get away from me. And I had some fun and I went right back to where they were sitting. And they said, you need to give us space. Two grown women, masked up, right next to each other, air getting in and out of the sides. I'm 50 feet away, 20 feet away from them, not wearing a mask, outside. And they thought I was going to kill them. Those are the dumbest people on the planet. Masks, especially now, are absolutely stupid people detectors. If you see someone wearing a mask, that person is stupid No, there's no grace, period. You're a stupid person. You're a surgeon operating on someone wearing those surgical-grade masks. Totally different story. But I don't bend on this. You're stupid. You embarrass yourself. You embarrass the human race. You certainly embarrass me as your friend if I know you. I'm embarrassed to have known you. I'm judging you. Why can't I judge you? The people who fought the masks and the vaccines... And spoke out against this COVID hoax. We had 2 million or however many million, 20 million cases of COVID in America. 2,000 cases of the regular flu in one year. You don't find that odd? I can't believe people choose to ignore basic facts. Basic logic. Basic common sense. And you know we're not done discussing this on this show. Because as long as new information comes to light, this matter is not closed. Topic number two. Now let's talk about one of my real favorite subjects, the electric car hoax. Way back in 2006, there was a documentary called Who Killed the Electric Car? Answer, General Motors. The movie was directed by Chris Payne that explored the creation, limited commercialization, and subsequent destruction of the battery electric vehicle in the United States, specifically the General Motors EV1 of the mid-1990s. I've always hated them, but at the time, people, especially, surprise, Hollywood, loved them. But you couldn't buy those cars. You could only lease them for what I believe was $500 a month. That's a lot of scratch then, all right? Even now, but back then... You know, mid-90s, $500 a month to lease a vehicle that was hideous and not well-appointed. It was literally, strictly, point A to B transportation electric car. Well, eventually, General Motors recovered all those EV1s that they had leased 
and literally sent them to the crushers. No electric vehicles for you. Now get out there and buy gas and oil. Flash forward to today. Same situation, but reversed. What a difference three decades makes, huh? Now here's a reporter asking General Motors CEO, Kristen Zimmerman, where the charging electricity comes from for their new Chevy Volt. As she stands in front of a charging station. Keep in mind, this woman is a CEO. Her answer? Evasive? Yes. Stupid? Absolutely. Give this a listen. No, the battery in this particular design is a T-shape right down the center and across the back seat area. Because everybody thought we killed the electric vehicle. No, we didn't. So what's charging the batteries right now? What, where, where, what's the source of a... Well, here. It's, it's coming from the building. I mean, uh, is it... Um, what's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't I don't know... They're, uh... I bet they're a bit of coal. Oh, they're heavy on natural gas, aren't they? Her answer to the question to where the electricity comes from for the charging station initially is, well, from here, the building. The same way amateurs think meat comes from the grocery store. She's a CEO of a company, one of the biggest companies on the planet. Now, here's the clip again, and this time, listen to the correct answer to that question from J. Peter Lark, who works for Lansing Board of Water and Light. No, the battery in this particular design is a T-shape right down the center and across the back seat area. Everybody thought we killed the electric vehicle. No, we didn't. So what's charging the batteries right now? What's the source of a... Well, here. It's coming from the building. I mean, is it... um, What's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't don't know... They're... uh, I bet they're a bit of coal. Yeah, natural gas, aren't they? Uh, right now the car is charging off of your grid. Right. It would be charging off uh, our grid, which is 90, about 95% coal. Yeah, she says a bit of coal, mostly natural gas. Her answer reminds me of the idiot played by actor Joe Bob Briggs, uh, the man Robert De Niro's character Sam Rothstein hires in the movie Casino. De Niro hires this guy as a favor. And Joe Bob Briggs's character allows several wins on slot machines to the tunes of tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Robert De Niro's character, Sam, has to fire him. He says, look, either he's stupid and he let it happen or he's in on it. This CEO either knows the answer is coal that is supplying that charging station and thinks you and the reporters are stupid. Like you're going to go, oh, so the charging electricity comes from this building. No further questions. Which means she's either avoiding the reality and covering up or she's stupid. It's both. Stick spicy food up her butt. Then she has the gall to brag. Everyone thought we killed the electric vehicle. We didn't. No, you just yanked it, buried it for 30 years, then forced people to buy it now. Strike one, two, and three. I will never buy a new electric Chevy. Ever. 
Not to mention their cars, except for the Corvette, are ugly and boring with poor fit and finish. I'm begging you to subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube, where every Thursday is Sneak Peek Thursday with a 60-second video preview. I'm not, I'm not above begging. I'll totally beg. Also, check me out on Truth Social. I'm just starting to build up my account there. My Truth Social handle is LouSantini3. If you follow me on Instagram, it's Lou.Santini3. On Getter, it's at LouSantini. We have one topic to go. That's number three, and it's next. Hey, pros, Lou Santini here. They're running out and half off. No amateurs, men's and women's t-shirts. Normally $22.95, now just $11.48. The men's tees are a soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in sport royal blue. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the Waving American flag set at the top. The women's tees are a lightweight, super soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in royal blue. And are fitted. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the Waving American flag. T-shirts just $11.48. Please add $6.95 for shipping and handling for all orders inside the U.S. Spend 50 bucks or more and your shipping is free. Available at lucantini.com slash shop. Be a pro. Say no to amateurs and order your half-off No Amateurs t-shirt today. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15 plus years. A sense of entitlement. A constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book, Amateur Nation. The Decline of Common Sense, Manners, and Social Skills. The second edition. Inside, you'll read The Amateur Mission Statement. The 30 Truths About Amateurs. The Four Stages of Being an Amateur. Amateur habitats and history. Social media plus me, me, me equals amateur. Technology and amateur behavior. With dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh out loud real life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by amateur nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition, available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. Topic number three. For the 80 hundredth time, I could care less who was trans or who identifies with or as what. It's one of the few times I'd actually agree with the trite sentiment, you do you. However, the second any amateur wants A, special attention, B, special consideration, and C, the rest of the world to celebrate them in their delusion, which is what this is, then I'm out. Trans men and or women can scream as loud as possible for as long as they want, but it will never, ever, ever change biology and chromosomes. I said this before and I'll say it again. No, it doesn't make you a bad person. You can feel like you're in the wrong body. You're allowed to be attracted to whomever you want or identify as any sex you want. Doesn't make you a bad person. However, just because you say something or in the common case of Amateur Nation, just because your emotions are so strong about something that is simply not a scientific fact doesn't make it so. Disclaimer over. Now, Let's hear yet another example of an amateur trying to justify their mental illness, mental condition, or delusion. How you label it is up to you. 
This audio clip from PragerU features what is clearly a man, complete with 5 o'clock shadow, and over-the-top makeup worn in a manner that most women wouldn't wear in an effort to really drive home the point that he feels like he's a woman. In fact, he doesn't feel that he is a woman. He is! But the best part is his rationale, his reasoning, his scientific proof. He says the word proof in his explanation that literally boys and girls are the same. No different. Now keep in mind, it's 2022. And this average everyday human being with no science background has solved and ended the debate of whether or not boys and girls are different. Decades of hacky comedians who start their bits with, but men and women are different, aren't they? Are now null and void. Centuries of science and medicine eradicated thanks to this TikTok amateur who, in 42 seconds, has closed the case, ended the discussion with a mic drop. Oh, and by the way, this man isn't addressing smart adults with fully developed brains and reasoning, but rather chooses impressionable, naive, less intelligent children as his target audience. Hi, kids. There's no such thing as a boy or a girl, and I can prove it. Who's usually taller? Oh, boys? Okay, but you've met some short boys, right? You've met some tall girls. So usually boys are taller, but not always. Okay, who likes the color pink? <clears throat> girls? Okay, um, but you've met girls who don't like pink. And you met boys who do like pink, so usually girls like pink, but not always. Everything you can think of that makes a boy or makes a girl is usually, but not always. Yeah, except for those pesky chromosomes and DNA. Did you know cats and dogs are the same animal? Dogs usually have four legs, so do cats. But not always. Dogs usually have tails. So do cats. But not always. Dogs usually have fur. So do cats. But not always. Dogs sometimes have testicles. So do cats. But not always. Crap. There comes that pesky DNA again. I've heard amateurs on social media videos saying, but that's dogs and cats, not people. A dog or cat can't feel like the opposite sex or act like a different animal. If only animals could talk. Wait, what about furries? Well, we're waiting. Uh, okay, okay, let's get back on track. I think, no, I know, we've placated and humored Amateur Nation long enough with this nonsense. And more importantly, why do only few people, by that I mean those in Pro Nation, find this mental illness alarming? Why don't more people find this worldwide delusion and or mental illness or mental condition more alarming. People think mental illness is only bad if a person harms oneself or others or they're sad or angry all the time. Amateurs see trans people posting happy TikTok videos and marching proudly and think, well, they seem to be happy, so what's the problem? It doesn't affect me. No, their right to exist as trans does indeed not affect you directly, but again, once they demand special privileges, special holidays, special treatment, special consideration, and most importantly, when their beliefs and ideologies are preached, propagandized, and target impressionable underage children as truth, those children who absorb everything they hear as truth, then it's a problem. 
When men are in women's locker rooms naked, it's a problem. When men are demolishing women in sports and taking away hard-earned athletic scholarships, it's a problem. When people are hired simply because they are trans and not because they're qualified for a job or they're put in powerful positions because they simply are trans, it's a problem. When trans people are being introduced into society as a third sex, it's a problem. When trans people can infect underage children's minds with their delusion as a way to make themselves feel okay with their situation, it's a problem. What is particularly alarming in this audio clip from this Dr. Carrie McGregor, a psychologist of Gender Multi-Specialty Service at Boston Children's Hospital, saying that kids know they're trans from the womb. Amateur Nation argues that a baby in the womb is, quote, a clump of cells, yet a baby in the womb can affirm their gender? Here's the audio. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three, and usually up to the ages nine when they come into the clinic they'll see one of our psychologists and we'll be talking to them about their gender we'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development and we'll be answering any parent questions a lot of parents do have questions and so we answer those questions the biggest piece of advice i give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at boston children's hospital is to just be supportive um some Sometimes you might not understand, sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't kind of get exactly what the child means when they say that they might be this gender, but the biggest thing you can do is just love your child and support them and just allow them to express themselves. That's the biggest protector as well against negative mental health effects such as depression, suicidality, anxiety that we worry about for our gender diverse kids and young adults. So that support from a parent is one of the best protective factors and one of the best things they can do. Why would a child as young as two be at a hospital talking to a psychologist? Answer, bad parenting. Just because a child says, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a mom, doesn't mean they know anything about themselves. Or what it means to be a man, a woman, a mom, a dad, a father, a mother. Many children say they're going to marry their mommy or daddy, too. The first profession I wanted to be was a professional Frisbee player. Not to mention, I've been around babies and small children all my life, and never once have I heard a child utter such phrases or hear that they did from their parents. This falls under that category you hear parents all the time. You just need to listen to their children. They can teach you so much. Children can't teach you shit. Got it? Said the guy who doesn't even have any kids. You know how I know? I was a kid once, and I never once had my parents say, oh, I never knew that. I learned so much from you today, son. Never happened. Parents know more than kids. Case closed. That's it. You want to learn about your kids? Sure. Listen to your children. Spend time with them. Talk to them, with them, and sometimes, yeah, parents, at them. Notice how this alarming information is softened by the trite, obvious advice of 
Just love and support your child. Just be supportive. Translation, don't question anything. Just let them express themselves. Take whatever they say as gospel, law, and rule. The same rationale amateur parents have when their child throws a temper tantrum on a crowded airplane or at a restaurant that I just witnessed many times traveling. Also note how they admit that suicidal thoughts and or depression are components of this delusion. Shouldn't that be the focus of the parents? Address that issue first? By the way, this video has now been deleted by the hospital. Here's friend of the show Chad Jackson posting on Twitter. He says, there's no such thing as trans men and trans women. The first step in normalizing the absurd is to gradually adopt the language of the absurd. The culture will continue to decline. That's no surprise. But as for you, you can't embrace the absurd while claiming to have values. Perfectly said. You can't embrace the absurd while claiming to have values. You can be tolerant of the absurd. You can ignore the absurd. You can be okay with the absurd. But while you embrace it, you cannot say that you have values. You can't sit there and say, I just, you have to love everyone. No, you don't. Who says? Hallmark? You saw it on a poster? You saw it on a, on a meme? You don't have to love anybody if you don't want to. You have to have standards, amateurs. Pronation has standards. You cannot embrace the absurd while claiming to have values. That goes along with my sentiment of how sad and disgusted it makes me when I see friends and associates who I earlier respected as moral people with common sense and values and standards shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, oh well, what can you do? There's drag shows in elementary schools now. Oh well. What can you do? You can deny it. You can stop it. You can speak up. You can help someone. You can choose to not participate in another's delusional behavior. Where do you draw the line? Oh, when it affects your kids. You mean like making them wear useless masks and receiving untested vaccines? Now, sometimes what happens in here is like taking a shit. This one's a heavy one, I won't lie. I guess the best way to describe this episode would be appalling, right? Okay, that music means one thing. It's time for a la carte. Isn't it sad that college is now a scam? Funny how, now that Elon Musk bought Twitter, celebrities of Amateur Nation are characteristically emotional in screaming how they're leaving Twitter. You know, the same way they said they were moving to Canada once Trump got elected. Some will leave Twitter, and some of those that left will return because emotional attention whores need their heroin. Attention. But most amateurs won't leave Twitter for the same reason. They're the tree that falls in the woods and they need someone to hear them or else they don't matter, which they don't. As Ryan Fournier said on Facebook, Twitter employees finding out that their pronouns are was, were. I've come to the conclusion that remote controls for TV and Amazon Fire in particular and all streaming services suck. The ones at my house suck. The ones in the condo we stayed in Panama City, Florida suck. Seriously, if you want to do something as simple as change the channel or increase the volume, you got to make sure you have fresh batteries and contort your body in bizarre positions, get up off the couch and walk directly towards the television and press the button with both hands. 
Back in the day, you know, before technology improved our lives, you could have the remote control in the crack of your ass and it still would work. Tech sucks. Recently, I was waiting for a connecting flight in Nashville coming back from Florida, and it hit me. A gentleman's club in the airport. Suddenly, your three-hour layover doesn't suck. Please send me money to buy into my idea. Doesn't the ingredient riboflavin sound like it was invented by Professor Frink? Riboflavin! Here's a quote from President Coloring Book before he was full metal amateur. I've done some dumb things. I'll do dumb things again. Only time in his life he's been honest. He said this in a press conference. When and where exactly, I admittedly don't know. But you can find it on Instagram and anywhere else. And what does it matter? What politician says that? At least in mixed company in front of the press. But what do you expect? That act in and of itself is a dumb thing. But you can't be at the top unless you surround yourself with amateurs that make you look reasonably intelligent. Cue Kamala Slingblade Harris. Will she expound on the border crisis, inflation, censorship, climate change, gas prices? Silly amateurs, brains are for pros. You know, I've played a lot of clips from this black hole of vanity, and I gotta say, I don't know which is funnier. The subject matter, the subject matter being discussed considering the world is on the brink of World War III, or the lead-in, the setup for this monumental proclamation that the dumbest woman in power ever has said. And just like President Coloring Book, Kamala Harris says this at a press conference. This was an overheard conversation with her dog, which is the only way this would make sense. Brace yourself. You ready? So, here's the thing. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus, right? Just, there's something about... Yeah, and, and most of us, many of us, went to school on the yellow school bus, right? And it's part of, it's part of our, our experience growing up. Here's the thing. That's how you start any press conference or speech. As vice president, that's your lead-in to discuss the burning issue of yellow school buses. Why can a reporter raise their hand and be called on to ask, Madam Vice President, did you just hit your head? Thank God every week. I'm able to find at least three things that are pro in this world. Here's number one. And this one is a threefer. The world of auto racing had a big weekend a couple weeks ago. Let's start with Formula One. Balls of Steel owner and current F1 world champion Max Verstappen winning the Mexico City Grand Prix, making it his 14th victory of the season. A record in Formula One with still two races to go. Red Bull Racing has already won the Constructors' Cup with two races left. Actually, they won it last week or uh, one race ago. And unless something major happens to Max, it looks like back-to-back world championships are in his grasp. It's official. Max Verstappen broke Lewis Hamilton's brain. And team captain for Mercedes Total Wolfs, too. <laughs> now, Moving to my favorite racing, the NHRA, Erica Enders clinched her fifth Pro Stock World Championship in Las Vegas one week prior to the final race of the season as her points lead became insurmountable. She's a machine. She may not be the warmest person in interviews, well, but neither is Max Verstappen in F1, which begs the question, do you want to be known as a champion or as a nice guy or girl? I'm sure both drivers had their days of smiles and laughs, but they're all business on their respective tracks, and that's why they get the big bucks 
and what keeps their focus. I've always said there are life lessons in racing. The one I take away this time is, while you should always strive for good manners and social skills, there's a time to be nice and there's a time to put the brakes on nice and focus on the task at hand and get to work. And finally, NASCAR and overall racing legend, and now NHRA team owner, Tony Stewart, in an impressive debut, Tony Stewart won his first two elimination rounds to reach the semifinals in his NHRA top alcohol dragster debut at the Nevada Nationals. He's a member of five auto racing halls of fame. Coming up with a Mount Rushmore of the greatest men in motorsports could be one of the more difficult conversations. So many good drivers, unsung heroes, team owners, etc. Not to mention so many of those within multiple types of auto racing. Tony Stewart just might have to be in that conversation. The man who's driven just about everything on four wheels got his NHRA accreditation the same way us mere mortals might go about it, going to Frank Hawley's drag racing school and working his way up through the various classes. He actually drove a top-field dragster a couple times and said that it was too much. When a man who has made his living cheating death said, I'm going to hold off on top fuel for a while, a machine his wife, Leah Pruitt, drives, you know that land missile packs a punch. Now, admittedly, I've never followed NASCAR much, but always had respect for it and the drivers, except for Bubba Wallace. But Tony Stewart, current contender to win the Funny Car Division as a team owner with Matt Hagen as his driver in the NHRA, ready for a world championship, and now NHRA top alcohol driver and contender himself. Number two. Of course, you have to mention it, Elon Musk. You gotta love a bonafide African-American buying the formerly fascist Twitter, shutting up the whiny racist amateurs, but even more so when he recently locked out Twitter engineers and has his Tesla staff review software code, preventing Twitter engineers from making further changes. He fired top executives, including the CEO, the CFO, and the head of legal policy, trust, and safety. Even the company's general counsel was canned. All of them escorted out of the offices in San Francisco. He plans to remove Twitter's permanent blacklisting of accounts that were banned. Number three. I suffer from chronic back pain and some neck pain. I'm predisposed to arthritis in my back and a little in my neck. Been that way since my late 30s, as a matter of fact. Now, I feel best when I exercise or when I keep moving. So if I'm stationary for too long or at my desk for long periods of time, I get a stiff neck and back, particularly around my shoulder blades and trapezius muscles. While I have a fantastic chiropractor and I stretch before I'll exercise, I highly recommend Fix Your Back Pain. It's a profile on Instagram with the handle at back underscore pain fix at back underscore pain fix lots of helpful easy to follow tips to help ease back and neck pain with daily physical therapy and advice i mean after all we all want to do what we can to stay away from the medical profession right episode 200 next week is going to be special please listen just as importantly text or email one friend about this show if you like it get in on the ground floor of something different from the other podcasts if I read your email to me on the air, you get a free No Amateurs t-shirt. My email is lou at lousantini.com. Subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube. Truth Social, Lou Santini 3. Instagram, lou.santini3. Getter, at Lou Santini. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast. It's a movement. 
Remember, amateurs, oh, we see you, and you're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a big major production. Who doesn't love a yellow school?